Hey there, welcome to the Cheerful by Choice podcast. This is where people trying or hoping to be happier come for quick, simple steps we can take to get us there with fun, inspirational stories, reminding us it's okay to be human. It's okay to feel our feelings. And there's always someone out there cheering you on. <laughs> That's me. I'm Lydia Taggart, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, best-selling author, mom of six, including quadruplets, and daughter of God on a mission to increase happiness and hope in the world. I'm so glad you're here. If you like this show, share and subscribe. Let's get to it. Hello, fellow happy teenagers. Hello. Wait, you guys are happy and you're teenagers? How does that happen? Well, we use the frame formula to have great relationships. The frame formula? What's that? Well, you can learn about it in the book my mom wrote. Yeah. yeah. It's called the frame formula, your parenting source to communicate like it's your superpower. Go to www.theframeformula.com. www.theframeformula.com. All right, I'm going there now. I need a superpower. Thanks. Hello and welcome into another episode of Cheerful by Choice. I'm so excited that you're here today. Me we too. have a fantastic guest. Lissa Scott is with us. Now we're going to be talking about intentional play today and I want to share with you my experience with play has not always been the best. I forgot when I grew up, I like forgot how to play, right? And when I had my kids, I was like, oh, how do we do this? And it was hard and I had to focus on it and it was actually work to learn how to play again. And we're gonna get around that. How do we do that? Because play is so important. I'm gonna share this quote, a couple of quotes. And if you've read the Bible, there's, there's a scripture there and I don't have the exact reference, but Christ refers to um, be as children be as little children. And I think playing is like mostly what children do, right? So it's really important scripturally, but also Plato said, do not keep children to their studies by compulsion, but by play. And the opposite of play, this isn't Plato anymore. This is um, Brian Sutton Smith. And I'm not sure who he is, but he's got a really cool quote. He says, the opposite of play is not work, it's depression. And that's why we're going to talk about that here on Cheerful by Choice. It is so important to play and incorporate play into our lives, not only because it's the best way to learn and, and keep our sanity, but also because we don't want to be depressed. So Lissa, welcome in. She is the owner of Maximum Potency and her, her um, logo, motto, what is that word? Rip on life. But give it all you got and just go out there for it. Milk it for all it's worth. Lissa, welcome in. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so stoked to be here and I love the topic that you picked for today. Thank you. I'm so excited. Have you, I know you're much younger. You've already got this planned out that you have to play. But for me and a lot of our audience, we have to like consciously, intentionally play. How do you get to that point? that you can just play? Yeah, you're asking this question to the right person because even though I am under 30, um, I am naturally really in my masculine. And so my masculine side is the hustle side, right? It's the get things done and the 
productivity in the it's the doing rather than the being and the being is very playful right you're just hanging out playing chilling that does not come as naturally to me so I had to cultivate that and one of the first things that not to go deep right off the bat here but we're going deep right off the bat here is um looking at maybe some of your resistances around playing like, is there a fear that the things won't get done? Is there a sense of worry that comes into the picture for you? Is there um, a sense of shame and guilt that you quote unquote should be doing more? Like, these are some of the things that come up with myself, with my clients um, around play. And so the first thing is to just be with those thoughts and, you know, kind of ask yourself as if you were a small child, like, why don't you want to play? You know what I mean? And just see what comes up for you, maybe in a brain dump, in a journal, maybe just in your mind, whatever works, but kind of giving that inner child a voice for a minute. Um, and, you know, if it's like, hey, I'm, I'm afraid that I can't play because my homework won't be done. Well, what does that represent in adult life, right? I'm afraid to play because my house needs to be cleaned or this or that. And so one of the first things in getting to the ability to I would call it even constructive play as an adult. We thrive on constructive play. So if you can um, do something that is a nice blend of the masculine and feminine, I think that's a really great gateway into play. To just have unbound play with no clock in sight and to hula hoop and sidewalk chalk, um, for example, is really hard for us to make the jump from super structured by the hour to like, okay, just the world is your oyster, go play for 12 hours, right? Um, that feels really hard. But if you can start to either gamify your chores, um, and I'll get into what I mean by that in a second, or do something where there's visible pro progress. So a puzzle or a paint by number, or um, even like Legos, if you have a kid who wants to build like a Lego set out with you, right? There's this measurable progress of like, we're starting, we're a little bit of the way through, we're most of the way through, we're done. And it kind of maintains that masculine structure of like creative or constructive play, um, I think is a really, really nice segue into totally unbound play, right? Just like frolicking through the meadows. Um, and so I'll pause there because I want to hear your thoughts too, but. Yeah, um, that's so amazing. And the structure of it, I, I feel that so much. Just, we, we need to have the structure. I feel out of control when I just play sometimes. I'm like, whoa, you're spazzing yeah. and crazy. But I personally, I've always felt a lot of guilt. That's the first mm -hmm. feeling that comes up when I'm like, I should be the shooting. We shouldn't shoot on ourselves, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> And, easier said than done oh my goodness yes but that's where I've always been like I have to make it part of my to-do list as and I know that sounds crazy but I have to play it's mm -hmm. my intention to play it's part of the schedule part of the to-do list and it's not really spontaneous if it's part of the schedule but I've scheduled in, sometimes I'll call it spontaneous time <laughs> yeah what do you feel like doing right yeah. And we have to have a blend. I love how you call it the blend of masculine and feminine energy to make those pieces work together. So we do feel comfortable enough to let go of that guilt or whatever that feeling is that we can step into that role and transition, if you will. And I had this little picture of Elsa and the snowman. <laughs> do you want to build a snowman? And my inner child asking my older child of me, 
Why won't you play? Why can't you play? And if we have that conversation with ourselves internally, why can't we play? We need to play. It's Mm -hmm. just, we need to. Um, And I love your idea of the Legos and something visible, the, the puzzle, because then it's not just wasted time. You can see you've actually accomplished something mm-hmm. in the play. Yes. So and fantastic. that is like, oh man, uh, pro tip too, if you're babysitting kids, maybe you don't have kids, but you have siblings or cousins or anyone you're looking after, they will like it so jazzed if, if it's like over multiple days that you build or create something together. Like, we're, like I would go, do this with my sisters. I would watch them certain days in the summer when my mom would work um, on my college's home uh, or my summer's home from college. <laughs> I twisted my words there. But, um, you know, I would be like, all right, we started this project. Like, you guys ready to do the next step? Like, whatever it was. And they would just wake up so excited to, like, keep going on their thing. And that's how we should be. You know, it's not like you have to paint the whole painting in a day or create the whole puzzle in a day, because again, we do have real life to take care of, but can you say, you know, at 8 PM, I'm going to close the laptop or at 4 PM, I'm going to close the laptop. And then can you gamify the quote unquote have tos, right? So, um, some of the things that myself and myself used to do when I lived alone was do the chores for time, um, because it made it more playful or, uh, do things left-handed instead of right-handed because I'm dominant <laughs> right-handed. So I'm like, can I Windex with my left hand? Like, I don't know. Um, stupid little things like that. Or um, even just like mini play breaks of like 10 or 15 minutes, like get the coloring book out on the coffee table and just leave it there. Um, out of sight, out of mind, right? So if I have to go through that that brain resistance of, well, I have to get out the stuff and I have to get out the this, I think leaving things out, you're 10 times more likely to do anything if it's out. If the running shoes are out, maybe you'll throw them on and go for a jog. If the kettlebell's out, maybe you'll do 10 kettlebell swings when you walk past. If the jump rope's out, you're 10 times more likely to jump rope on the front porch, like whatever it is for you. But um, for me, it's le- I right this minute, if you were to go into my living room, there's a paint by number on the table. And if I put that away, it will be away for three weeks. Right. But if I leave it out, I'll probably touch it every two, three days. And it's just like this beautiful thing. And that's a luxury, right. That I'm able to do that. I know some people have pets or small children and they're like, I can't just leave this on the coffee table, but, um, maybe there's a version of leaving it out, quote unquote, like, can you put all your painting supplies on a giant foam board and just put it on top of the fridge and then just take the whole thing down and it's already ready to go. Like little things like that, um, can be awesome or a puzzle tray. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Such a good idea. And I think that really is part of it that we, we think I've shared with a lot of my clients that the need is so strong to complete a task that Mm -hmm. we we don't want to get it out if we can't finish it. We know we can't finish it, but to give ourselves permission, um, and cleaning the house or any other job chore, playing with the kids, getting in touch with ourselves, journaling. It's a five or 10 minutes at a time every day, that consistency. And if we can just leave it out and come back to it, then we, we don't have to stop playing. We don't mm-hmm. have to put an end to it. Yeah. And if we can have fun and passion for our work and our play, like it's so easy to bring work home mentally. Yeah. Oh and yeah. What if we had play mentally with us? in that balance 
Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. I have a friend and I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to call her name out, but <laughs> we'll just call her Nancy. <laughs> Nancy. Okay. Nancy, <laughs> my friend, Nancy, we know a lot of Nancy's. There's at least 10 of them. And this one, we used to call her Nancy the awesome because we had Nancy the crazy and Nancy, all these other Nancy's, right? And then my kids found out that she liked puzzles. We went over to her house once and she had a puzzle out on her table. And now she's Nancy the puzzle lady. And it's so <laughs> easy to like Christmas shop or birthday shop. They're like, oh, look, there's a puzzle. We should get that for Nancy. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. And people know what you like to play, forget it, right? They will yeah. actually jump in and play with you, which is super, super cool to think about. Um, and then one other practice I just want to share because it's coming up for me is we do silent Sundays. And even if it's not on Sunday, um, it might be Monday that week or it might be Friday that week, our work schedules change. So it doesn't, it's Sunday's unimportant, but one day where we don't use screens in the house. So we can put music on or we can quick text our mom or whatever. Like we're not you know, crazy people about it, but we're not watching a movie. We're not putting on um, Instagram or Facebook. We're not even really listening to a podcast like music. And what does it force me to do? It forces me to play, right? So when the screen goes away and when the other rule that I set for myself on Silent Sunday is do nothing to get ahead for the week, do what needs to be done today uh -huh but not for, for, not for tomorrow. And that's so unlike me because I'm normally a why wait for tomorrow if you could do it today type of girl, right? But that one day a week, I pull myself out of that rigidity and I say to myself, okay, you're not getting ahead and you're not using your screen. So what are you going to do? And nine times out of 10, I either spend more time outside. I get the books out. I get the colored pencils out. I get the paints out, like whatever it is. As you can tell, I really like art as a form of play, but like you're 10 times more likely to go do your thing when you're, you know, you're not like absorbed in your work or, or mentally at work even. Like I would be like outlining content for the week or something, which is fun to me. But again, it's that getting spirit of getting ahead that's coming up. And so when you take that away, even if you want to hang out with your friends, like the question that we ask ourselves on Sundays, is like, what do we want to do today? Not I what do we have that. to do? Oh, Sometimes we'll still so get a much. workout in or we'll still cook food or, but we want to, you know? Right. Oh, you cook food too. You don't, is, silent Sunday doesn't mean it's cereal Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> right. So some people will look at that as work, right? Like, oh, we have to cook, but we really, my partner and I really enjoy cooking together. So sometimes we'll go in on like, you know, a three course meal. That's fun to us. It's like, we did it on Thanksgiving and we were like, we need to cook like this more often. We're like, I make a side and you make the meat and I'll make salad. You make dessert, like have nice. that. And then you do have leftovers, you know, you kind of do get ahead without trying to, and it's beautiful. So, so good. So good. So this to me feels like you're disconnecting from like all the have to's, like our dream world where we have to, we imagine all these things and you get back into real life. It's not mm. on the screen. It's not just electronic. It's real mm -hmm. and tangible. And I think that's one of the love languages that's been missing since we started the pandemic. There's a lot of touch and tangibles that have been taken away. So mm -hmm. I love this part of the intentional play and how you're suggesting to just turn off everything 
except for like, hi, mom, I'm alive. Are you alive? Okay, good. You know? <laughs> yeah. And those love languages, I think, oh, it contributes so much to happiness and being able to like deal with stress to be able to have a real moment. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a whole day, can you do half a day? If you don't like, if you don't have a half a day, can you do after 4 PM? Like not everybody has the luxury of the schedule that, uh, two single adults have. And so like, I get that, but even if you have kids, you can still do this, right? Maybe you take one hour in the morning and you clean the house on Sunday. Cause that's a Sunday routine for you guys. And then after that, you're like after 10 AM, guess what we're doing? We're playing. And speaking of love languages, my partner's love language is quality time. And mine is words of affirmation. Well, guess what happens when we put down the things? We both get those needs met, right? And so (laughs) it's like, it's not just for those who have physical touch or quality time as their love language. It's really all of them. Um, Yeah. And it's amazing. So super awesome. Yes. We do. We do. um, Well, and it brings it back to also the the consistency, the five minutes here and there mm-hmm. consistently, if we're able to put the phone down for 10 minutes, even five minutes, yep. it, it adds up and it, it like fills up your bank account to go spend yes. somewhere else. Right. Your bank account of happy, happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, what's the word is happy. <laughs> yeah. My mom always yeah. says I'm bucket filling. Can't talk. <laughs> I just love that so much. Yeah. I love the bucket filling. I told my kids I have one who has Asperger's. Actually, I have two that have Asperger's. With this one, he he just cannot get that concept that I'm filling up a bucket. But there's no bucket. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? (laughs) That's so So, cute. It it took him a while. I think he gets it now. He's just like, okay, whatever mom's trying to say, she's just going to do something over there. (laughs) (laughs) She's having, mom's having her happy time, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that so much. And, um, you know, with the getting to the point where you're able to play thing, it's really just giving yourself the permission. It's like being willing to be willing is the first step. And so like, I love that. If you don't feel willing, just be like, okay, well, I'm willing to try and be willing. (laughs) So uh, what you said about a little like phone hiatus for five or 10 minutes Here's what we don't realize is like, we think we don't have time to insert whatever here, whether it's something productive or something playful or whatever. And what we don't realize is we are on our phone for five to 10 minutes, like usually at least six times throughout the day. Like, do you park your car and then sit on your phone for five minutes? Or do you get in your car and sit on your phone for five minutes? Or do you get on the toilet? I know this is TMI and sit on your phone for five minutes or whatever, you know what I mean? Et cetera. cetera. It's not TMI. You know, everybody's doing it. Oh yeah. And so it's like, well, if that happens six times, well, that's like a half an hour right there. So do you have time or are you just like distracted? Right. And so sometimes I'll, I'll even realize like how much more efficient I am on Sundays because I'm not sitting there for five or 10 minutes, just scrolling on my phone and it does add up. Right. It's like, it's wild. Yeah. It all adds up and we can add up our playtime the same Mm -hmm. way and replace that and get a balance going. Uh, and it's so easy to slip into being on the phone all the time. You don't even realize it. Yep. We we had somebody over at our house recently and they're just, they're like on the phone, on the phone. And if you can tell, like if you're watching, if I look at my phone, it totally disconnects. Even just having it in my hand, it there's a different feeling of having it there. And we were having this conversation, my kids and I, and 
and this other person was in the room just being there and he all of a sudden says something I was like what he thought he was part of the conversation everybody else thought that he was somewhere else and just having the phone put away is going to be magical I love this it's so good so good to put the <laughs> silent Sundays on your schedule somewhere yeah. even if it's five minutes <laughs> it was really funny we're like what? Are you talking to us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing too, is this is something that I can't wait to do uh, with my sisters or my future children is, you know, how kids usually have resistance, like when their screen time's over, they're like, Oh, like 10 more minutes. We'll say do an experiment. And then you're going to tell them that you're doing an experiment. So they don't think this is normal, right? Hey, we're going to do an experiment. Everyone's going to bring their iPad to dinner tonight. Okay. Oh. Okay. And everybody's just going to be on their device or their phone or whatever it is. All right. Scale of one to 10 at the end of dinner. How connected and happy do we feel right now? Okay. Ooh. Next night. Okay. No phones, no, no iPads at dinner. And guess what? After dinner, we're going to play a game. Okay. Scale of one to 10. How connected and happy do we feel? Just let them experience it. Let them experience you on your iPad. Huh? Yeah. What? They'll try and talk to you, even though they have their device, because it's normal to talk at dinner, right? And so it only works hope it is. <laughs> if you have a family to have dinner with, right? But it's just so interesting to think about, um, you know, it's like running the extreme, like, okay, you want to have ice cream for dinner? Okay, how do you feel? Like, it's interesting to think about, you know, it's almost like the bellyache effect of like, oh, you can have candy for dinner. We'll see how that goes, right? Sometimes oh, we've done that. The boundary, right? <laughs> and so it's just, it's like that with the devices, honestly. Okay, so let's explore that boundary because sometimes having ice cream for dinner is fun and mm -hmm. it's playing, right? But it's not good for us. It right. is, I mean, maybe once in a while, but um, like the other day, we had this okay, we're doing a project with ice cream buckets, big five gallon ice cream buckets. So once a week, we get a big five gallon ice cream bucket and everybody just chows down. And we have a lot of people, so it's not too crazy, okay. <laughs> but everybody gets more than a scoop. And so to the point that this last time, um, the ice cream, it doesn't fit in the freezer is the other part. So, cause it's big, it's a big gap. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get it and we have to eat it. And this one day, one of my kids was at work and we're like, oh, we'll just put the extra that's melting into a smaller container, put the Tupperware in the freezer and that'll be okay. And so the next day, my other kid says, what's for dinner? I'm like, I don't know, just eat whatever. I'm crazy busy. You didn't look at the schedule. You got to take care of yourself today. Yep. And he's old. It's okay. I'm not neglecting. It's okay. But he chose to eat that ice cream because I said he could have whatever he wanted. And so then all the kids were like, yeah, your ice cream. What ice cream? Oh, I ate it. Right. You said I could have whatever I wanted. And so it turned into a fun moment. <laughs> how do we find those boundaries that we're not just being crazy like that and just eating ice cream for dinner every day? Yeah. I mean, as far as the ice cream for dinner piece goes, I'm not qualified to answer this question because I'm such a health <laughs> nut that I literally couldn't bring myself to do it. Right. Um, and, and my answer on that is when you discover what it's like to fuel your body in an ideal way, you'll never really go back. Um, that being said, I know lots of people who struggle with like binging patterns with food and food is typically emotions. 
Uh-huh. And so it's like, well, what, what comfort am I looking for in eating a gallon of ice cream? Right. Cause it, we all know we don't need a gallon of ice cream. Um, and so again, kind of looking at some of those emotional patterns and I'm not really qualified to go deep on this topic, but, um, as far as intentional play goes, planning ahead, food prepping, is it an example of, mm-hmm. well, dinner's already made. So what do you guys want to do? Um, is a really great way to create more time to play without sacrificing your health. And so food prep's like a non-negotiable for me. I prep all my lunches. I make a smoothie for breakfast every single day. So that requires no preparation. Um, and then I enjoy cooking. So I cook dinner every night or every other night, at least. Um, last night we roasted a whole chicken and potatoes and carrots. So I don't need to cook tonight. <laughs> um, Fantastic. But yeah, I think it's like staying ahead of the curve. Like if you really do want to create more time to play, then work work smarter, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you are making a meal, like, can you just make enough so that you have lunch tomorrow? Or can you just make enough that you have dinner tomorrow? And kind of riding the leftover train, so to speak. And if you have a big family, that's going to take some adjustment, right? Because it's it's like, well, you might be roasting two chickens and that's okay. Um, so that tomorrow you don't have to roast any chickens. And so it's going to seem like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to buy that much food or I don't know how to make it work right do you buy uh-huh. one rotisserie chicken and do you roast the other like there's easy ways to kind of get around it um and then the other thing with with the question that you asked i was speaking to food there for a second but the question you asked was basically how do i not go off the deep end with my playing right and so right. i'm a big big fan of earning my play which i know is like very adult to say that right but uh Every single day, we have a to-do list that could be like 15 items long. Can you choose a number of things that you are going to do, and then can you rest? And so, you know, for me, it's usually three to five tasks for my workday, and then three to five tasks for my non-workday, depending on what they are. Certain things take longer, right? Clean the bathroom takes me 20 minutes get the truck inspected takes me an hour and a half. So like being mindful of like what's on, on the books for that day is something that's definitely taken me some time, especially as an entrepreneur who, you know, it's like write content. Well, that could take me an hour. It could take me three hours. Well, if I don't know what I'm doing after that, and I have no like dessert quote unquote to look forward to, or there's no play scheduled for later, going back to you scheduling it, I think that's really smart because if you know that tonight you're meeting friends to play beach volleyball at seven, your work will be done. But if you don't have that, it's like, well, I could just kind of just do it like it just takes the whole day. So likewise, how how much time do you have to play that day? Do you have an hour? Do you have four? Just be honest with yourself. Like we're all in different seasons. And I was in a season of building a business, right, which is extremely uh, taxing on your output. And so I had two ways to look at it. Number one was I'm just going to work and rest and I'm not really going to play. Um, and this will be done sooner, right? It's kind of like ripping mm-hmm. the bandaid off or I could intentionally choose, Hey, you know what? One or two days a week, I'm actually not going to work on the business and it's not going to take me that much longer. Like when you do 65 on the highway versus 80, do you get there that much quicker? No. no. Oh, that's right? a good comparison. Yeah. yeah. So you just you hit all the red 65? lights more often. Yeah. <laughs> can you go and, and make your 65 mile an hour approach? Can you say, okay, everything I'm, every day I'm going to do, maybe it's hours instead of tasks. If you're not an entrepreneur, so I'm going to work for eight hours and guess what? I'm going to max out at 8.5 and at 8.5, I'm going to leave the office. Right. Uh-huh. And so, um, likewise, if you go over one day, can you make Friday a shorter day? 
I used to work four tens and have Fridays off. That was worth it too. But you bet your bottom dollar Monday through Thursday, not much play was happening because I was at work for 10 hours. Right. Right. Um, and so I think it's really just looking at your week as a whole instead of like just the day by day or feeling like you're a failure because you didn't get to play. Oh, oh I yes. just worked and slept today. Must I must be failing. No, you're not failing. Like, can you go for a walk during your lunch break tomorrow? Like just kind of looking at things in a more cyclical way. And I am partially self-employed and partially employed. And the days that I go to work, I actually get to play more because I go to work and I'm done working. And when I'm done working, I get to choose what I want to do, right? Versus the <laughs> entrepreneur slippery slope of like, well, I could do one more thing. And like, I could get ahead on this, right? It's different. Right. Um, so that's just me, but I hope I, I answered your question. I love the <laughs> principles that you bring up because I think that there are principles that are just universal that carry mm -hmm. through every piece of life. And the food piece, if you plan ahead, you can plan ahead for a meal. You can plan ahead for play. You can like take in the inventory of what's in the pantry. You can take in the inventory of what games you have in the closet. Mm -hmm. Count how many people are going to be there for dinner. Who's going to be around to play this game with you? Mm -hmm. All of these pieces, I think it's really easily transferred as principles that you want to be healthy, holistically healthy. All of us, our whole being, we've got to incorporate these principles into intentionally playing and plan mm -hmm. it out and, and see the big picture. And so if I just eat ice cream for dinner today, okay, it's one day out of the month. I can get away with that. But if I'm going to eat ice cream, for dinner every day. Ew, gross, right? Yeah. And um, playing, if we're only going to do a little piece once a month, it's not going to have the same effect on our mental health yep. as if we don't, um, I know it's a good thing versus a bad thing result-wise, but <laughs> the principle is still there. We got to pay attention to the whole picture and what's the result going to be down the road a little bit. The cyclical, I love that cyclical mm -hmm idea uh, of play, playtime. And yeah. in um, elementary school, they have recess, at least yes. most, most schools still have recess, right? Yep. <laughs> and I hope they don't ever get rid of it. They were talking about um, at our elementary, when my kids were in fifth and sixth grade, they were changing it and reducing their time so that they only got like half a recess and because they're trying to get them ready for the real world. Huh? What is the real world? Why do we need to get ready for that gross stuff? You know? Yeah. Well, we're eight, <laughs> we're 10, we're 12. Yes. And then we graduate from school and we're like, oh no, I don't know how to play. And it, yeah. it's not good for us. So if you do have kids, I want to encourage you when they get home from school, have some playtime, have some mm -hmm. like recover from the daytime. And if we, we get home from work and we're stressed out. It's been a long day. Give yourself some playtime to recover before yeah. you have to go and start making dinner or doing the house chores or whatever it is that you're going to do. Give yourself a break. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, th there's something too about like playing without something hanging over your head. So if you're the type of person who does want to get home and like make dinner and do chores right away so that at six you have a hard stop and you get oh, yes. to play the rest of the night, like that works too. I love that so, so much that you just said that because it, it's true, like compartmentalize a little bit, right? Like, are we doing this? Are we doing that? And whatever you're doing, just be all there. 
If you're doing the chores, do the chores. Don't be like on your phone doing the chores. The chores are going to take longer. If you are, you know, you can also stack things, right? Did you say you would call your mom and do you have to make dinner? And like, can you do both at once? Right. right. And that's, that's a pretty easy multitask, right. like going for a walk and calling someone or like making a meal and calling someone. And, um, for me, that's been huge. Um, just, I try, tend to use my time in the car to talk on speakerphone <laughs> and you know, those 10, five minute, just touch base type of phone calls. Like, oh my it's goodness, yes. so easy. Yeah. So love that. I do almost all of my phone calls in the car. <laughs> yeah. It's just easier that way for me. And of course there's like an exception to every rule, but the, um, the piece that you were saying about, we forget how to play in school is so true because we are just over the messaging is like, you know, if you, if you don't get a good job, you're a failure at the most basic level. And in order to get a good job, you basically have to stop playing and stop doing all these things. It's like telling like a fit person, like, well, if you want to be fit, you can never look at a donut again. And it's like, what? But it's, it's, it's subliminal, right? It's not like they're uh -huh. outrightly saying that. Um, but that's what your kids are kind of hearing all day at school on some level. So unless they're going to a Montessori school and then like, you're the best parent ever, because that's just amazing. But um, make it a point that when you get home, you don't reinforce that message. Right. 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 And so especially if you're leading by example in that way, I think that that's huge to be able to say, Hey, we're going to take a break, right? We're not going to give up. We're not going to throw in the towel and take a break. We're going to rest or we're going to play or we're going to recharge or we're going to whatever. And the same thing comes up for me around fitness. You're talking about how all of these apply to every area of life. I am someone who likes to work out really, really hard. So uh -huh. I don't go in the gym and like barely sweat. I go out of the gym and I'm like pink cheeked. My hair is a mess. Like there's no possible way I'm not getting my head wet in the shower because it's just like I'm that gross, right? <laughs> and my hands are like all callous, right? So we work out really hard. So um, I did this for like four or five years straight where I just like would grind at the gym and my body, basically the body keeps the score, right? So the body started to be like, nope, hard no. And then I was not able to work out hard for a whole year. I was able to work out like medium man. spicy. And I was like, oh man, I'm in timeout, right? I'm in timeout with the body. And so through a couple of mentors, a couple of friends, um, we discovered this like one to two ratio. And so if you work out for an hour, you need to recover for half an hour. And some people would be like, oh, that's so extreme. Like you don't need to recover that much. But when you work out really hard, you do. And second of all, I'm doing that so that I don't overwork because by default, I only have so many hours in the week. So let's just say we get to a point where, Hey, I, nor I normally like to work out for an hour every day. Well, life is really busy. You might go to every other day and the hours on the days off might be a recovery hour, right? If you can't get your recovery in. So it's me keeping myself in check. Um, and some people may have to do that with work and play right now. It's like, Hey, do you have days where you work a lot? Because those days, maybe you're not going to play as much, but tomorrow you better bet you're playing because you can't do this for five years, 10 years, 20 years right. and not have your body say no at some point. So the body, mind, and spirit are all connected. And like, at some point, one of them will scream at you if you don't just listen to like the whisper now. And so most of us have, oh the my whisper. goodness, yes. And yes. Um, if we don't listen to the whisper, it becomes a shout. And if the shout becomes a scream and so forth and so on just it's a lot easier to listen to like the regular knock on the door instead of like the busting down of the door so to speak and so yeah that's that's my rant on that but with, even with workout and recovery man it's like it's two to one it's like it has to be or I just want mm -hmm. I'll stretch for 10 minutes a week and I'll be like I did my recovery I'm good right um, <laughs> but it's working. only 10 minutes yeah yeah and it's like that's not enough for the week is, is 10 minutes of play enough for the whole week no right why did I think that was okay and so 
Um, we call it working out and working in. Oh, working out, working yeah. in. I love that. And that's not mine. I believe that's Paul Check. So you can look up Paul Check, C-H-E-K. Uh, he's awesome. He's all, all about the mind-body spirit connection and he's a hippie. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So very cool. Yeah. So was that your time in life where you had to decide to choose happy? Mm. No, it was, I have to choose health because otherwise you're not going to be able to do what makes you happy. Right. Ah. So the working out hard is so the passion. foundational level down below to support the ability to choose happy. Yes, exactly. Beautiful. Well yeah. Hey, if you want to keep lifting heavy weights and snowboarding, you're going to have to stretch and sauna just plain and simple. Right. Nice. Can't so just beat your body. Would up. you mind sharing a story about when you decided you had to choose happy? Like, did you know you wanted to be happy? And then you had the foundational that you had to find to support that ability? Or was it, you got the foundation and then you chose? Mm. To I think I have examples of both, to be honest, um, with the physical story I was just mentioning, like, it was absolutely like, Hey, you found something that you love, um, that quote, find what you love and let it kill you like applies to me and working out, but like, Hey, I don't really want to die yet. So I need to recover. So I can do this till <laughs> like 70, you know, um, was what was coming up for that. But as far as like life stuff goes, forget the gym, forget, forget the small things. When you talk about the big things, um, I think it really comes down to me, my, my faith, right. Having faith that everything is being given to me, uh, said, said in the woo woo spiritual way, everything that's happening, quote unquote, to me is actually happening for the evolution of my consciousness. That would be the new age woo woo way. And the Christian or the biblical way would be, um, everything is happening to me by design. And this is God shaping me and pruning me for the next season. And I'm actually grateful for the struggle. And I'm grateful for, um, you know, those who have something negative to say about my faith or whatever. I mean, it says count it all as blessing, right? When, when someone kind of opposes you in scripture. And that's been a huge thing that has manifested in my life as reality for me is, uh, it may not always look like you're going straight up. It's not linear, but, uh, if you can choose to be happy or grateful or willing, um, those are kind of very cl close emotions for me, then mm -hmm. that is a choice, right? We do get to choose. Are we the victim or are we the victor? Like, can I make my mess, my message and my test, my testimony, or do I have to suffer? And, and really it comes down to a fundamental belief of, do I believe that life is suffering or no? And for me, the answer is no. Like, I believe that all of those sufferings or those trials or those hardships are growth. And so I choose to be happy when they're happening. And uh, joy is different than happy, right? Happy is a mood like, haha, I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. And joy is something deeper than that. So when you say choose joy, that phrase makes me so much happier because we're so much more satisfied because I can, I can choose not to be happy actually, and still have joy because it's joy and gratitude for the bigger picture. And it's joy and it's gratitude for the plan that's unfolding right in front of my eyes. And it's joy that I get to be a piece in that plan, right? Like it's gratitude that God is even growing me because that means he's going to use me for something. How incredible is that? Like, yes, God's I love that. Me? Like what? Like, can you get grateful for that at least? And so um, it really forces me to acknowledge not just myself, right? It's like, if it was just about what made me happy, what an empty life. Like Jim Carrey says, I wish everybody could get rich and famous to see that that's not the answer. Um, mm -hmm. And it's so dang true. Like there is also a study done 
after someone makes about 80 grand a year. So we'll bump that to 90 for inflation, right? Um, after someone makes about 90 grand a year, like they don't actually get happier. It becomes more money, more problems, right? Because yeah. at 90 grand a year, if you're just supporting yourself and maybe a small family, like you have the mattress you want, you have a car that works and you have a house that's not a POS, right? And so it's like, okay, what more do you actually need? Well, you don't. So now it has to go something beyond you. And that's certain people will get really into their giving after that phase. And then mm -hmm. the happiness continues to go up, but it's not their happiness. It's again, going back to that, they're a part of the bigger picture and the bigger scene that's unfolding. And they're a piece of that or a piece of someone else's happiness, right? Um, if it's all about you, kind of like, if it's all about your happiness, it does fall short, but if it's all about joy and sharing deep joy, it's, it's truly fulfilling. So I just felt, felt the need to speak to all of that. There yes. you go, love. <laughs> yes. Yay. Yes. And <laughs> wrapping back around to intentional play. If you're playing a board game, you usually need somebody else to do that with mm. and share that joy. Right. Yeah. So do yeah. you have, you speak a lot about gratitude. Do you have a tool that when you're having a hard day or you're feeling tempted to choose to not be happy and um, do you have a tool that brings you back? Is it gratitude? Mm. Yeah, I think that there's uh, multiple ways to tap into that, right? So there's three main things that are coming up for me. So I'll just share all three of them quickly. The mm -hmm. first way is movement. Take yourself out of the, the funk that you're in. And quite literally, even on an energetic sciency level, just go move the molecules in your body, right? Go get, my mom was yes. like, go get your pinky toe some oxygen, you'll feel better. Um, and so like when we are cranky and we're in like this position at our desk or like, I don't know, you're, you're just in that fighter position. Like when you notice yourself doing that rounded forward, shoulders, head down, jaw clenched thing, you need to go move. Like just, even if you go bounce on the Swiss ball for five minutes, like it does not have to be a, a marathon run. It's just literally anything. Go jump on the trampoline, go walk around the neighborhood once and then just come back. So shifting my physical energy through movement is a huge thing for me because most of the time I'll snap out of it when I do that. Um, if I need that heavier workout, those endorphins will pull me out of it, right? So that's at the most basic level. That's the lowest hanging fruit. If you're not down with the woo-woo deep stuff, like just go move. And then like level two would be writing down what you're grateful for, but here's how I do it. Two things. Um, I write a yearly statement every year and it's written in past tense. I'm so grateful that I have 11 paying clients, right? Even if in the moment I have two, um, I'm so grateful that my job compensates me fairly and I get paid a salary of X, Y, Z, whatever it is for you. And I'll go through each category of life, business, health, relationships, living environment, traveling, fun, all of that. And I'll speak it into existence in past tense. And I'll listen to that recording of myself on voice memos on my phone every morning while I brush my teeth. So reminding myself the good stuff is on the way, regardless of if today is like crappy or not. Um, there's a song we used to sing in our family. It goes like this. Oh, happy day. And on our crappy days, we change it to, oh, crappy day. Or we just start <laughs> laughing about it, right? And so like, um, that's something, but. So the gratitude in past tense is pretty cool. Also creating, just grabbing like a cheap day planner uh, that shows day by day, not month by month from the store, like something, even if it's from the previous year and it's $3 because it's like last year's, it doesn't matter. Just find the date and write down three things or more um, in the past 24 hours that you've been grateful for. So whether this is an evening or a morning routine for you, doesn't matter. 
um, what happened in the last 24 hours that you're grateful for. And what, what this does is it helps you go from this neutral gratitude of like, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for clean water. And just repeating that every single day, it becomes cookie cutter and it stops like plucking the heartstrings, right? It's like, I'm grateful for just this routine, almost like the Thanksgiving table. Everybody says the same five things. But if you tell me what you're grateful for in the past 24 hours, it becomes this beautiful specific time capsule that you can flip back through. So I'm grateful for the way the sun came through the blinds this morning. I'm grateful for my dogs cuddling me on the balcony today while I did my work. I'm grateful for my mom's apple pie tonight after dinner, right? Really specific, really small things. And then you have this awesome time capsule of you flip back and you're like, oh, I didn't know that on a random Tuesday in March, we had apple pie. That's so cool. And the longer you do this, the cooler it gets because I mean, I have gratitude from when I met my partner, right? Like all those little things that he would do in the very beginning that made me so happy, like they're written in there. Like I'm grateful Zavi and I got to talk on the phone today. We were long distance for four months. I'm grateful that this, I'm grateful that that, like I'm grateful I got to meet his dad on FaceTime today. Like literally all those little things that you would really forget. So that's a super cool practice. And then the other way I've seen it done is to create like a scroll and don't repeat anything. And just, yes. just add three things every day. So love me some gratitude, love me some movement. And then the other thing is just journaling, like just journal it out. You'll eventually, when you see your words written on the page, you'll eventually realize how ridiculous most of what you're mad or upset or stressed about actually is. Or you'll start to hear yourself repeat yourself so long that the anger makes you do something. Yes. Right. So it's like, oh, how yes. many times am I going to write the same dang thing in this book? I don't care how upset you are. And I think on the other side of anger, you break through and there is joy. There's joy for uh, being proactive instead of a victim. There's joy for changing circumstances. There's joy when you put in a lot of work and it pays off. Like joy is deeper than happiness. And so it's yes. like, it's usually a result of going through something with yes. a straight, your head on straight. Um, feelings are meant to be felt and we get through yeah. them and then we can feel the positives on the other side. Yeah. So it's not the toxic positivity mm -hmm. of like, everything sucks, but I'm just going to be happy. Like we can do that yeah. for a short time. Um, but if that's our life approach, we're denying ourselves and we're suppressing things. So yes, 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 yes. I love your planner with the three things that each day I haven't heard about oh, actually fine. getting a planner to keep track of it. I love that's that. All that goes in there, not your plan, mm -hmm. right? It's literally just yeah. a gratitude planner and I leave it by my bed. I love that. And what a great way to like support a healthy relationship when however many years down the road or months or even a week mm -hmm. later, you're like, oh, he's doing this thing that's annoying me or whatever. You can go back and go, oh yeah, but I was so grateful that da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. and to just have that captured yeah. in, in a timeline. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and I, I was an artist always uh, did photography was kind of my first love. And so one of my things that I would try and capture was like my people and their mannerisms, right? Like if I could get a photo of my mom laughing so hard that her face scrunches up a certain way, or my sister's eyes, when light hits them, they have like a cinnamon look to them. I can't explain it. There's different shades of brown in her pupil. And so I would be like, Deanna, go sit by the window. I want to try and get this picture of your eye, right? And like kind of trying to capture those things that you love about people. But what it does is it makes you ask, what do I love about these people around me? Do I love someone's oh, yeah. voice? Like my grandfather's laugh is electric, right? And I finally got it on video and I was like, yes. But what I'm actually grateful for is his laugh. 
it has nothing to do uh-huh. with the video, but it's that, that capturing mindset of like, you realize how much around you truly is beauty. And there's a quote that says, um, life is unexpected intrusions of beauty. And like, oh, that's so oh, rich to me. That. Yes. I used to think about it when I would trail run. Like that's what life is. It's like when you come around the corner and the light hits the leaves the right way. And the, the ground is like soft beneath your feet and the air smells right. You're like, ah, like who could be mad? Right. And so I think right. it's, it's really chasing that in life. It's so beautiful. Oh, I love that. And you gave me this other great idea. If we are struggling with the relationship, I see a lot of times we maybe don't want to have any intentional play in our life because then we'd have to spend time with somebody that we're struggling with. Right. That's an interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we, 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 that comes to the forcing ourselves. But if we took your gratitude journal idea and said three things that I'm grateful for specifically for that challenge that we're dealing with to turn it around if we can Mm -hmm. find something grateful if you're struggling to find three things just get one thing yeah and then you can look for the second (laughs) go deeper on that so like if I'm thankful that I've got my water okay my my water bottle I love Fiji water so I can say I'm thankful for my water well, I'm thankful that it came in a bottle so it could come to me in my house. I'm thankful for the people who put it in the bottle. I'm thankful for the people who designed this flower on here to make it pretty so that my husband would know which one is the one that I want instead of just go get some water. He can get the one with the flower. Yeah. I'm thankful for my <laughs> husband who can go get it for me and bring it to me. I'm th- you know, we can go deeper on, yes, on one the one small thing, thing that, yes. and if we can do that in your three a day journal, it just change those relationships so massively. But, yeah. And then you'll be ready to have that intentional play. And yes. I, I think even just one week of that would completely transform someone who's struggling with a relationship. Yeah, or mental health, honestly. Or mental health. No, yes. I'm not going to say it's going to heal them, but I'm going to say it's healing. It'll change it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking to that relationship piece, I just want to be super vulnerable and say, like, you know, my fiance and I, we have our bills paid. I was telling you this before we hit record, but the extra isn't there. Like the plan, mm-hmm. the, the wedding or plan, the vacation fund isn't there. And we both said to each other, let's both get a part-time job and let's start filling this up. And so it turns into gratitude. I'm, what can I be thankful for about being broke? Right. Well, it's plain <laughs> and simple. I'll tell you what you can be grateful for. It's teaching us as a young couple to work together as a team when we are do we complain or are we proactive? Like it speaks of volumes to who we're going to be in the future. Um, when we need something, we will hustle for it. And then you're that much more grateful for it. The vacation, right? If it was just like, yes. oh yeah, we both make 95 grand a year all the time. And it's just like routine. Everything becomes really bland. So um, some other things to be grateful about the situation. And I know this is probably resonating with a lot of people. So I'm going to kind of keep going here. If you're struggling with money and that is part of your relationship struggle, a lot of times that is one of the things in the relationship that makes you not want to play. It's like, well, we shouldn't oh, be yes. playing. Well, we shouldn't be doing this. Here's the weird thing. It will heal you and it will bring you closer together and you'll find gratitude for that struggle together. So I'm grateful that the lack of money is actually making us a team. I'm grateful that the lack of money is teaching us to work together. I'm grateful that the lack of money is introducing us to new people who might become clients down the road, or I might make a connection or we're actually working at a hotel. So we're going to get free stays at these hotels around the country. Like it's solving the vacation problem, even though when we didn't, we didn't know that when we signed up, we had no idea that there was going to be 
in the town we're trying to vacation is they, they have a location we're like that's just weird right that was a god wing <laughs> and awesome, so it's like yeah. when you start to pursue those solutions more and more joy just kind of like falls out of the envelope if you will mm-hmm. um and so i just wanted to say it's really really cool when you start to actually problem solve together yes. as well as play together and if people are having a hard time communicating as part of the problem it can be a wedge so mm-hmm. just pointing out you know i'm thankful that this trial is pointing out something that i can work on yes for the growth for the growth mindset for the growth yeah being willing to be willing I love that so much. Yes. Well, we are running out of time, Lisa. I know you've got somewhere else to be and so do I. Or so good. Such a great conversation. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, so if I can recap some of my favorite parts. First, an intentional play. It is necessary. It is a necessary piece of life to maintain your holistic health, your mental health, your relationship health. All of the pieces come together with intentional play. And ask yourself, what are your resistances to play? Sit with that for a little while. Be willing to be willing and please incorporate some form of silent Sundays. And there's so many other big pieces that come together in our conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience before we go? And and also, where can people find you? Yeah, so this is great because I'm going to answer those questions in reverse. Um, my company maximum potency is a personal growth and business growth coaching business. Um, I also have a clothing brand on the side and I have a podcast. And so if you want to connect the kind of the hub of all my things are at maximum potency on Instagram or life at maximum potency.com. It's my website. Um, and we'll link those up in the show notes. I'll send those over to you, Lydia, and you'll have them. Um, but we're hosting a relationships retreat in Austin, Texas. It's all about connection and relationships. So if you just heard me say that, you're like, I don't have a partner. No, this is all about your connection to yourself, to others, including maybe a partner and then to your world. And so some of the things that I was talking about on this episode, they're all going to be talked about in depth, um, over four days in Austin, Texas, we're going to rent out a big house. You're invited. Um, and all the details on that can be found on the website as well. Or you can DM me and ask any questions you may have. Um, we do have limited spots for that. And um, a little bit, and this is what I wanted to really end on, you know, my company's slogan is rip on life, like you said in the beginning. And that name came about um, for two reasons. Number one, my dad died when I was super young and I learned that life is really fragile. And we think we're going to be 75 or 80 and he got to be 41. And that was a huge wake up call to me at 15 of like, what if you're actually a third of the way through your life? Like you better start ripping through the things that you say you want to do and go after them. And at least on your deathbed, you'll, you'll be known as someone who, you know, they went after it. They were always pursuing the next trip. They were uh, travel super important to me. They're always pursuing the next PR at the gym, super important to me, right? They're always just going after it and ripping on life for all it's worth. It's like max juice, max squeeze, right? Like let me get every drop out of that lemon for that lemonade. And so um, that was the first part of it. And then I was in this workout and I was on a machine called the ski erg, which has some handles that you pull from toward the ceiling down to the floor. And then again, and then again, and then again. And so you're standing and crunching and standing and crunching. It was an interval workout. My friend Ryan and I were partners and he was screaming at me the entire time, right? Instead of like the last 10 seconds where you're like, finish strong partner, like good job. 
for 90 seconds, Ryan is screaming at me, grip it and rip it, rip on it, Liz. And that was the moment where sort of that story with my dad and that story with Ryan came. And I was like, this is the whole point of the business, right? Build a you that you love and build a business that you love so you can rip on life and not just like survive life. Um, I'm not really about that. So I'm all about teaching people to live at maximum potency. And if that's resonating with you, I invite you to my corner of the web. Um, again, my name is Lissa, and I'm just so grateful today, Lydia, that you had me on. I am so glad you could be with us. Like, thank you so, so much, Lissa. I want to end with a quote, um, two quotes, as we're talking about business and problem solving, finding ways to get around our, our situations. Abraham Maslow said, almost all creativity involves purposeful play. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then George Bernard Shaw, he said, and this is, I've heard a lot of people say it. I don't know if they're just all quoting him, but he's the one who gets credit today. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Yes. So, so accurate. Let's have a little more fun and play. Yeah. And thank you so much, Lissa. Thank you all for listening. Remember, you're worth it. Take that step. Give yourself an extra minute. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Where's the stop recording button? <laughs>